The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on this special Mother's Day episode of the podcast. In this episode, I invited on... The reason that I am a Bills fan, my 73-year-old mother, and we discuss how she became a Bills fan because she is not from upstate New York, she's not from western New York area, how she became a Bills fan and how she passed on this passion and love for the Buffalo Bills onto myself, uh, my sisters. Uh, I invited my other sister on. Melissa to talk about this as well. And we talk about uh, a bunch of different things, uh, some memories that we have growing up. We talk about some of the need to pass on our Bills fandom to our children. And we also have some really great stories from some Bills fans, some followers on Twitter, some listeners as to why they are a Bills fan and uh, it having to do with their mothers. So I thought this would be a great time to share this. It's that time between the draft and training camp, and uh, this is just a great time. So without further ado, our Mother's Day special episode. So we're at the time of the year when the draft is over. It's officially that time between the draft and training camp where usually not a a lot of new things happen for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, it's also Mother's Day. So I thought it would be a good time to discuss, since I'd never, I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast, almost 200 episodes in, I've never really discussed how I'm a fan. And uh, the main reason is, is because of my mother. And with it being Mother's Day and all, I thought this would be a great time to have her on. So I'd like to welcome, for the first time ever, uh, and probably the only time if she doesn't enjoy it, my mom, uh, Chris. 
Mom, how are you doing? And welcome to this podcast that you probably just found out I just did a little while ago and you've never listened to. Well, no, but I will from now on. That's for sure. <laughs> You'll de- you're like, I'll definitely listen to the one I'm in. It's Lisa. If it goes well. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's funny. The reason why I wanted to have my mom on specifically, not only because she's my mother and I love her, uh, but she's the main reason why I'm a Bills fan. And why I took up becoming a Bills fan and discussing that. So I'd also like to welcome in uh, one of the biggest supporters of the podcast, one of the only people that's ever listened to probably the first podcast on and listened. When there was like 12 listeners, she was probably three of them in the beginning, probably because she had to stop and do stuff. They were so long or maybe she just wanted to pick them up. But it's uh, it's my sister, Melissa. So I'd like to welcome Melissa to the Circling the Wagons podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Nate. Number one fan. Number one fan. I'm, she's always supported me from the beginning. I could always say that. And uh, and it's funny because uh, a lot of people in general, like uh, I put it out on Twitter a few weeks ago. Um, you know, how did you be, how did you become a Bills fan? And I always enjoy those stories because a lot of them, you know, they have meaning and you can tell from reading people's responses. There's just like this sort of... Uh, nostalgic factor, especially because if you're my age, you're your twenties, your thirties, you're discussing like how your parents became, how your parents helped you become Bills fans. And in my instance, uh, my mother was the reason, is the reason why I'm a Bills fan. And then is the reason also why my sister is a Bills fan. And they've kind of kept me into that realm my entire life, which is always fun and interesting. Uh, dad, not so much a Bills fan. Like Probably, I don't think he cares about football. I don't, does he, he'll watch it, right, mom? Yeah, but doesn't, you know, the time between um, the Super Bowl and when they start again in September, you know, to me, that's like drought season. And it's, what are we going to do on Sunday? What am I going to watch on Sunday? There's no football. No, he doesn't, he doesn't really feel that way at all. I mean, he'll watch it, but. It's not a big deal mm-hmm. for you. This is like painful, right? This, this next Sunday, this mother's day Sunday is no football, right? Well, no, it's been that way for a while. And we just kind of <clears throat> just wait until September, I guess. So Melissa, like, I mean, growing up in our household, like, because dad wasn't a big fan and it's funny, he's actually a Seahawks fan. And okay. So, so we're going to get into why mom's a fan soon, but like, Dad isn't, he kind of was like a Seahawks fan growing up in his bar downstairs in the basement. He always had a Seahawks pennant up there and you're like, okay, well, dad's a Seahawks fan. Like it was weird because he wasn't a huge Seahawks fan, but he kind of knew who they were, but he actually grew up in Rochester. Mom, you didn't grow up in Rochester. So like, it's even funnier that you're the Bills fan. He's not. (laughs) Well, I think. And let's actually. When you move to Western New York, I think it's either the rule or the law that you have to be a Bills fan. You don't really have a choice. It's in our mortgage agreement, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, it is under where you signed, Mom. It is not under where Dad signed, apparently. Either that or he had you co-sign off on his fandom forum. Right, but, right. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's talk about how you became a Bills fan, because you grew up in the Albany area. Now, that's like... That's like Giants territory, like New York Giants down there in Albany. And you grew up not a Bills fan. Did you even grow up a football fan? Did you watch football? No, no, not at all. 
No, just... Um, no, so your father was a football fan? No, mm-hmm. no, we didn't do that. But there was just something about the Bills. It just, I don't know, they were... They were just magic for some reason or other. You know, Bruce Smith, Andre, and Jim Kelly, they were, whether they did well or didn't do well, there was just something about that team. They were, they weren't perfect, that's for sure, but boy, they were, they were amazing. They were magic. So you traveled, before you had kids, you and dad traveled all around the country um, in all different areas in the South and the Midwest and the West. In Seattle, like we mentioned, that's where dad became a fan of the Seattle Seahawks. None of those teams that whole time really ever, you know, stood out to you that you wanted to be a fan of. Or were you not a fan of football in general at that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, like, you know, dad is now. But, you know, when you live around Seattle, you have to be a Seahawks fan. There's, you know, there's no way out of that. But, you know, they were okay. Mm -hmm. And they were fun. But, you know, it wasn't a home. So, when we moved back to Rochester, mm. Rochester became home and the Bills became the team. So, Melissa, now you're a Bills fan. And yes. we obviously have to attribute this to, to mom. Yeah. Um, what, do you have memories of mom being the one to yell at the TV on Sundays growing up? <laughs> so I would say that Sundays were the three of us usually watching TV, dad coming in and out. And then if I left the room, if I heard any swearing, it was from our mother and our mother never swears. It was always at the TV at a Bills game. So um, I think I learned a few words that way besides helping dad, you know, fix cars. But um, we had a lot of fun, you know, Sunday afternoons and watching TV and eating around you know, watching the game because a lot of times we had to eat at the table growing up, and those were the special moments to be able to not have to eat in front of each other at the table. We could watch the TV and and sit on our lap, you know, our food on our lap, and we could enjoy the game that way. Um, so that made it more special too, I think, growing up that it was kind of like a, a break from formality, and we could you know yell at the TV and and have fun and high five and and scream and yell something you couldn't do around the regular dinner table. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's such a treat to not have to talk to each other every <laughs> once in a while <laughs> in general. No, no, I get what you're saying. I'm just joking. In fact, like mom will uh, email me during like the off season or like, how about those bills? Like sometimes I'll have, I have saved voicemails from you, mom. Like, man, can you believe they pulled it off? Like that sort of thing. So that's, that's always a really cool uh, a way to get started. Now, Melissa being Mother's Day and you also being a mother, um, you know, was this something that you ever thought about handing down to your son, you know, being a Bills fan or was it because your husband's a Bills fan too. So I should say that he's from the Attica area. So he's like from the area, you know, he moved here, you guys, you know, got married and, but whatnot. Was that ever a priority or that's just something that it just happens? We're both Bills fans. This is what we do. You get indoctrinated into it. It's indoctrination into misery for many, many years. And we thought this was a way to show Ben about failure and resilience (laughs) um, and the ability to, you know, be sad on Sundays and get up the next day and continue on with life. Um, And he's a big Bills fan now. And it's fun to share you know, when the Bills were here for 
um, training camp to take him to that with you and, and see the excitement of him seeing, yeah, seeing, you know, players in real life and him being so small and these guys being, you know, ginormous. And um, I think he was just automatically going to be a Bills fan and he will be disowned if he's anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Mom, that was never a discussion. Like you being a mom, this wasn't like, man, I need to make sure these children are Bills fans. That no. was just something you're like, hey, if you want to. Yeah. Oh, no, right? Like you just if you want to watch TV with me, this is what's going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you guys will remember the uh, four trips to the Super Bowl. But yeah, my it's my heart's still broken from that. But that's OK. Because, you know, they'll be there. They'll, you know, maybe not last year, but maybe this year. And even when they lost those four games, I mean, it broke your heart, but you thought, all right, well, next year. Next year they went again and lost again. It's okay. It's got to be next year. I'm sure it'll be next year. And they went again and they lost again. So the last time... I don't think you give up, but you say, okay, you know, if they haven't, if they haven't done it by now, good Lord, what are you waiting for? And apparently they're waiting for Josh Allen. Oh, I hope you're right, mom. You know, it's funny after that fourth one, which I do remember, I mean, I was, you know, a kid then most of you are a little bit older, but like, I remember thinking even then, like, come on, like, there's no way they can lose a fourth one, right? Like, three is ridiculous, but, like, they can completely, but then you're like, well, if they win this last one, then you'll completely forget about the three other ones, which, uh, of course, is the reason why they lost that fourth one is because you thought that the, <laughs> if they didn't need to win that fourth one, they would have absolutely done it. But then, you know, do you remember that? Do you remember the Super Bowls, Melissa? I do. I try to block out bad memories, though, so... Um, I try not to dwell on, on the past and, and, and past heartaches too much. Um, but I think it proves that Bills fans are eternally optimistic and hopeful. Um, and I think we are some of the most loyal fans because we've been dragged through everything, you know. And so it's been really exciting to see the evolution these last couple of years and to share that excitement with my son who doesn't know any better, you know, to, you know, he's only 11. So he only really knows these last few years of, of getting better. Um, so that's exciting to see for him. He just assumes that yeah. they're going to win, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he's a little more of a realist than that. <laughs> he's watched a game or two with you, mom. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. It, it is always enjoyable to watch a game with you. Now that I'm you know, a little bit older, we don't live together, obviously, but to watch a game where we can get together again with both of you and to realize I'm not the only one that screams at a TV because at home with my family, I'm usually the only one. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> but um, memories of the Super Bowls I have is the first one. So I was like eight or nine, I think. And that was the first time I remember crying over a sports event. And I remember like, it's like in my head, it was like out of a movie, right? Like I just saw Norwood, you know, miss the field goal. And I go over to the, because we were in the basement, you know, I go over to the sliding glass door, pull open the curtains, look out at the moon, <laughs> shed a tear from my eye all dramatically. They're like, do me back. This isn't the end. <laughs> um, at least that's how I view it as probably much different in real life. But I do remember one of my earliest memories of a Bills game uh, ever, Mom, was the Bills playoff game against the Browns. And that was the one a couple of years before the Super Bowl 
where it, it's a, the infamous one where like Don Beebe bounced off his head in the turf. And it was like one of the most gruesome injuries you've ever seen. Luckily he wasn't, you know, nothing serious happened, but um, that was a gruesome injury. It was the game where they came back out of New York. It was a high scoring game. And um, at the very end, Jim Kelly throws a touchdown pass. It would have won the game to Ronnie Harmon and it bounces off his hands, like a catchable ball bounces off his hands, goes out of bounds. Bills lose against the Browns. Browns go on to the AFC championship. Um, I remember like as like a six or seven year old or whatever, that's my first memory. And I'm like, you know, my six or seven year old mind, like I have to write Jim Kelly a letter about this, right? Like I have to let him know that it's okay to lose sometimes, <laughs> Me as a six or seven year old, just learning what it's like to lose board games and not cry about it. Right. Like figuring that him is like a 27 year old adult. He also needs this lesson. <laughs> so I say that I write him this letter. Like I, I almost remember some of the sentences where it's like, you'll be back there again. Don't worry. Like, you know, you know, it's just for now, you guys have all the things, you know, you're such a good team, you'll make it next year, whatever I wrote. And you helped me send it to Jim Kelly. Now, the most amazing thing about that is without the internet, the internet did not exist, is, and I've always wanted to ask you this, is how did you know where the heck to send it to back in the day? Like, you couldn't just <laughs> Google one bill's drive. No, she probably <laughs> sent it like she did the Santa Claus letters. <laughs> 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 it was like it was, <laughs> hey, hey, those letters made it there right mom they made it to the north pole <laughs> they uh so sure. that's how i picture it being instead of like north pole just like that and a stamp on it it was like uh buffalo bills stadium jim kelly <laughs> buffalo new york sure do you ever remember that mom Everybody, no, everybody knew how to get it to him, right? I mean, it was Jim Kelly. Everybody knew where he lived and how to get him mail. It was Jim Kelly. <laughs> it wasn't just some yeah. random person. Yeah. Well, what's crazy about that is he sent a letter back after that with like a signed autograph photo. And it was like, thank, hey, Nate, thanks for the, you know, this and that. And me being a six or seven year old be like, oh, I can't believe he like hand wrote me a letter. Just like that. And it was it was cool. It was one of the cooler moments um, I had as a childhood that you helped with mom. Um, I also have a few other um, memories. One was of uh, they had bills over here at the mall here in Rochester, Marketplace Mall. And we had to go in late one night to the mall to they had like three or four bills players getting uh, signing autographs. Yeah. At the time. Well, and I was. Do you remember that? Yeah. This memory going there? So what do you remember of it? Because well, I didn't have an adult memory. Was there, or was that a different time? Because I remember. We no, this wasn't Doug. Lee. No. This was we. Um, this was like Daryl Talley, Cornelius Bennett, and Leonard Smith, I want to say. Were in, there might have been another one I can't think of. Um, Shane Conlon, maybe even. Jeez. At the wow. time. like Yeah, yeah pretty impressive. Luckily, I don't know where any of those autographs are. But this is this. What's the funny part is, is you know, as a kid, like I never got, I didn't know autog how autographs worked. So they had like uh, pieces of paper if you want an autograph that way. And I'm, I have my Bills hat. I have like my Bills pin that's on my Bills hat. Like I'm wearing a Bills shirt, like the Jim Kelly shirt that you got me. And like I'm all ready to go. 
And the first guy's like, hey, kid, do you want to sign this Bill's hat? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want anything on this hat. <laughs> I, I would not like you to dirty this hat with your pen. <laughs> like, we're not allowed to write on our clothes, sir. I don't know if you know this. Um, and so, like, I, but, of course, being, like, you know, that young, like, I didn't use words. I just held it close to me, like, the head close to me, like, you can't write on this. So the guy's like, oh, well, you know, I can just write on this piece of paper if you'd like. <laughs> so they saw so three or four of them did that, and I got autographs that way. So it's funny looking back on it. Um, do you still have that sheet of paper? Remember, uh, I, I don't think I do. I, oh, I have not seen it. I have seen the Jim Kelly T-shirt, though, which I plan on giving my son when he's big enough um, for him to wear. Oh, my so that's cool that I kept that. That thing's that thing's like a collector's item. As soon as he's done wearing it, or maybe I won't let him wear it. Maybe I'll just sell it. Um, no, <laughs> it was like one of those cool things. I remember in school, another kid had like, it wasn't like a full Jersey. It was like one of those t-shirt jerseys with just the numbers on it. I don't even know if it's like Kelly on the back. Cause they probably didn't have the rights for it or whatever. It just said bills and 12. But uh, one of the other kids in my gym class had 83. So I was always trying to throw bombs to him in gym class, like Andre Reed to, to or Jim Kelly to Andre Reed. Um, good memories. Uh, then there's another memory I have, mom, of going, this, this is just an old sentence because we went to Caldor for this one. <laughs> Do you remember Caldor? Oh my goodness. <laughs> there was a store that was named Caldor that existed. <laughs> okay. That after Gold like, Circle. Yes. After Gold Circle, like and around Gates. the time, like when, yep. And Gates and Leechmere and Ames, all those kinds of places. They were like department stores that weren't part of the mall, like a JC Penny or Sears, right? Uh, I don't know why they didn't do amazing, but <laughs> we went to Caldor and we went to get, and I think this is what you were talking about earlier, but this was Frank Reich's autograph. Really? And this was right after, yes, this was after the comeback game and before he left for Carolina, obviously. And like there was, a line around the entire store. So if you want to like picture how big a Keldor is, what's probably like almost as big as a Walmart now or like a target, half as big, three quarters, like a target. Exactly. Thank you. It's more like a target. So, I mean, this place was, we probably waited two hours to get this autograph, but you stood in line with me. Uh, I had, I brought a card this time cause I had a Frank Wright uh, football card, which I still have today. Um, I brought that with me. I was I was smart this time. <laughs> it wasn't like, no, 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 you can't sign this. I was like, I need him to sign as many things as possible. But they were like one signature only. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so we stayed in line to get Frank Reich. Do you to get Frank Reich's signature? Do you remember that one, Mom? I do not. I'm glad you do. That's great. I remember saying What a great mom. Yeah, I'm it was from. it was a great Oh man, mom, you were an amazing mom back then. It was just like back then, okay, really. <laughs> but you know what's funny is uh, I'm joking. What what was funny is um, I remember you saying, not that you're wrong, but I remember you saying, "Hey, Frank Frank Reich's a pretty good looking guy up close." <laughs> yeah, I know. Dad was listening to yes. podcast. Yeah, he is. He was. You he do was. remember that, right? Yeah, he was a good looking, looking dude. Yeah, he was. He was. I have one other memory, and this is just not even um, as cool but as the other memories, but just like mom used to buy us uh, uh, NH or NFL films 
videos. And that's another old sentence, like VHS tapes of NFL films. So like there would be like the bloopers one and there'd be like every once in a while for Christmas, we would get that um, bloopers. And then there was one I remember it was my favorite. I almost wore out the tape on it, which was big blocks and king size hits. <laughs> and I watched this thing over and over again. Got to be honest, the big blocks was not as cool <laughs> as the king size hits. <laughs> as you might imagine, blocks are okay. <laughs> But you come for the hits. Um, and I realized, I, I, I just, I threw that on Twitter. Like, hey, I, I remember having this. And, and someone was like, yeah, they can't sell those anymore. You can't, you can't market big king size hits for like when concussions are a huge issue in the NFL and stuff like that. But man, they did not care back then. And they were like some monstrous hits um, back then. That was one of my other favorite memories, mom, of, of, uh, of the gifts that you would get us. So, um, I remember. I'm going to read some of the uh, two Bills games. I went to two Bills games, and after that, decided I really like watching it at home. <laughs> I really, really do. The last one was 12 hours long day, from seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night, and I really enjoy watching them in my living room, where the bathroom is right there. The refrigerator is right there. Oh my god, I, I really admire those so people you, that do that every week or every every game that they go. It's that's a, they're amazing, but that's not my idea of a good time. A lot of people like. So you're not ready for. So you're not going to be one of the first people to get season tickets now that you can probably watch games. <laughs> no, I don't. Year. So no. That was, you know, what's funny is I've had season tickets and um, I feel like even, and I'm only in my thirties, I feel like a lot of times, like you either have to be, you have to love everything about it. Well, plus we live in Rochester, so you're adding another three hours there and back. Mm -hmm. But, um, but like a lot of it is like, it's a younger person's thing a little bit, like in your twenties when you're younger or whatever. Um, it's just easier to do it then. You just like, oh, 12 hour day, like whatever. Like we used to when we first got season tickets when I was in my twenties, that we were we would we would have breakfast, lunch, and we grill out dinner afterwards. So when everyone's in a traffic jam, we'd be like, screw it, we're just gonna throw the football around and grill up some more meat and we'd have dinner there. We wouldn't get home till eight o'clock. And it's like that was just Sunday. Like that was like I didn't have anything else going on Sunday, so it didn't matter. Like this was my entire Sunday. You know, I was married, didn't have kids. Like these, this, this was, this was my, you know, priority that day. This is all I had to get done. <laughs> um, so that, well, that's, I'm glad yeah, you got it. Out of your it is, I got to be honest. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I did it at the time I did. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you do it now? Um, I might try to get like club seats now. <laughs> like the ones where you don't have to, um, you know, pee in a trough. Like that sort of thing, like that's that's how guys do it, or like in a urinal, like in the club seats, you can either stay outside with like an overhang above you and in heated seats, or you can go inside and there's like bars there and there's like your own separate bathrooms. That's a lot of money though. I don't <laughs> maybe in the future that's how I would do it. Um so you can still tailgate and still have that that much fun. But I don't well think, if they win um, a Super Bowl, there won't be any seats available. No, no, you're right. You're right. There won't. There probably won't be many available this year if you think about it. Between supply and everything going on, if they can have full stadiums at the time, 
Yeah, and because be. they went to the AFC Championship games. There's only one this more. Literally step the best to season go. they've had. Right, one more yep, step. Only one more step to go. Yep. Yep. Gotta trust. So the I have some uh, emails. I want to. <laughs> absolutely, mom. Mom, I'm glad you trust the process. Oh, I absolutely. think you were the first person that I knew to trust the process. You have to. <laughs> were there any other? You have to. Were there any other coaches or any any other like regimes or quarterbacks even before Josh Allen that you guys liked or saw and you're like, man, this is going to be the guy, but obviously ended up not being the guy, like guys that you thought you were trusting the process with at coach or quarterback. And you're like, I think this guy's going to turn around. And then you're like, no, no, nope. Just, just in Ryan. single team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Patrick, Ryan for the first time. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought he might be it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the few besides Flutie, after Flutie, and Drew Bledsoe. I like Drew Bledsoe for a minute. And yeah, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick was the most exciting quarterback we've had in that whole drought era besides maybe Bledsoe. And he's gone on and done very well for himself and many other teams. (laughs) Guy's done amazing. I was kind of, I was kind of, you know, selfishly hoping that he would come back to Buffalo as our backup. (laughs) But why would you when you can get a potential starting job somewhere else, right? He's getting on in years, so I don't know. He's going to get yeah. a starting job. Yeah, but you know, you know, but he's Fitz Magic, though. You know, he he just finds a way to keep going and keep taking over someone else's job. Like it's even the after like they beard. made two of the start- it's no, it's the magic <laughs> beard. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. Mom, are you ready to say that you think Ryan Fitzpatrick is attractive also or no? No. No. <laughs> okay. okay, he's no Frank Wright. That's all. I think Fitzmagic is just like, it's funny, even when Tua took over or they named Tua, took a Viola, the starting quarterback in Miami after Ryan Fitzpatrick had an amazing beginning of the season. Um, I thought that was a disservice to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but even when Tua struggled, like in the middle of a game, they would bench him and bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back in. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, because he should probably be your starter right now. (laughs) Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So (laughs) I put it on Twitter. Um, You know, uh, I was just wondering, you know, like I mentioned earlier, how you became a Bills fan. I'm really curious how people became one. And the first one was really cool. It was from Donna J. Zernicki. And she wasn't someone who became a Bills fan because her mom was a Bills fan necessarily. She was a she she wrote back and sent us a picture of 
both of her kids being born Bills fan in 1981 because she was the mom that made sure that her children became Bills fans. So I like that one. It reminded me of you, mom. So, Ah, that's cute. There's one from Nick Manning, and he wrote, Mom from Attica has been a fan since 1960. Growing up in the Capital Region, I had choices, and I chose poorly just like the rest of you bastards. (laughs) Get the tables. (laughs) He had the the little tongue-out emoji, so he was just joking. But Nathan, misery loves company. It is so true. Misery loves company, and it's a... It's a fraternity of, of woes and, and highs and lows, and it's a good one to be in. Don't you feel like, um, just in general with relationships or, or family, like you grow stronger in times of turbulence as opposed to like like Patriots fans that have had amazing like last 20 years. We've had a terrible last 20 years minus the last few. Like I feel like we've grown closer together as a fan base through this. Like you said, misery loves company, but almost in a sense of like, you know, sadness and it brings us all together closer because, you know, if everything's amazing every single year, you can't really appreciate it. We, we, (laughs) we grew up like with the bills being amazing. Like we were like the trust fund kids, like (laughs) of like the NFL with the bills being really good. And then we had the, the, the bank account yanked out from under us and then we were no longer trust fund kids for a long time. (laughs) We had no money. We had to get jobs. And, uh, it was, it was a tough 17 years, and I think we I think we grew together stronger as a fan base and you know as even family members because of it. Yeah, some of our best Sunday family parties were during those you know the early 2000s when the bills weren't good, and it was a lot more fun to yell at the TV and and yell at at the people that were playing so poorly than to just be cheering the whole time. Well, when yeah. you don't have great yeah, some of my patients, it's easier. You know, and if they do well, you're you're amazed and surprised and happy, but because you never expected it, it's a nice surprise. That's a great lesson. That's a great lesson for life, I think, sometimes, Mom. Just low expectations. <laughs> expect the worst. Hope for the best. <laughs> Just set your bar so low that you don't expect anything good to happen. Well, you know, George Will about being a pessimist. It's great to be a pessimist. You're either right or you're pleasantly surprised however whatever turns out <laughs> i like that well put mom no well put george thank you christy mccomber writes my mom and grandma loved football and growing up in western new york it really had to be buffalo more important than how i got here is that i have passed it on to the next generation i'm raising my kids right here's my son and his best friend and so here's another mother that made sure that both of her kids were Bills fans. And here's a picture of, you know, his son and her son and his best friend. Both were, they're at the stadium. It's a cool picture. Thank you, Christy, for sending that. And what, what is cool about this picture, too, is I don't know if this is her son or her son's friend, but they're wearing a UB hat. And I'm not going to lie, growing up in the Rochester area, part of the reason why I think I chose UB over other schools is because of the Bills. And I don't know if I'm proud of that or a little bit like, man, <laughs> Maybe uh, 18-year-old Nate should have made a better decision <laughs> with my uh, education. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was cheaper, though. So that's, so that's a, that was a, the right decision there. You know, so, um, yeah, you never know how much your fandom actually takes over your life sometimes. 
it's probably mm -hmm. just as well we don't know these things, Nate. Really. Yes, it's also a good point. It also sounds like another good philosophical quote. It's better if we don't know what happens, Nate. We can't be uh, upset at the amazing things that could have happened. And, you know, um, J.J. Bryce writes in, my mom, born in Clarence, required my Steelers fan father to build a four-foot-tall four Charging Buffalo logo out of plywood in 1990 for our lawn. I was born into fandom. Oh, that is that is well, that's that's a bunch of things. First of all, right? It's nice that he would do that, not being a fan. Sounds like a nice guy. Well, we don't know the background of that conversation, <laughs> and, and the, the tone the tone might have been really, really, really rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as far as JJ Bryce knows, as like a child, it was just like, ah, oh, like my father really loves my mother, but in actuality, it was like. Jeff, if you don't build this, this, oh, this Bill's charging be like that, Nathan. A Bills fan would never oh, be you're like right. that. No. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would never speak ill of JJ's mother for sure. But uh, you're right. We don't know the full story. But that's cool. It's cool because of JJ becoming a fan because of his mom. It's cool because of, you know, uh, his father being like, yeah, I'll do this for you. And, uh, and him yeah, making a logo of a fan that he's not even a team of, but that's really cool. Paul Rossi writes in, he says, mom dropped money when she didn't, when she really didn't have to have to take me to a game with a church group bus trip. And he wrote that his mom was a single mom. So shout out to singles moms doing that. And, and, you know, spending money when, you know, they really didn't have it. Like that's, that's, I love, I love that one. That's a good one. That's a lady that loves her son. That's for sure. Yep. Kim Showalter, okay, back to the humor. Kim Showalter, <laughs> grandma, she writes, grew up learning what good or bad in football was by the tone of her screaming at the TV <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs> Which is a perfect thing because it's like, you know, that's how that's how your grandchildren are going to experience it, grandma, <laughs> from, from, you know, mom, from your from you seeing it. Uh, and it's not like you can, even, even if you go into like one of our houses on game day and we're having a birthday party or whatever, it's not like you can even hide it. Right. Like you can't just be like, well, I guess I'm not going to scream at the TV today. I'll just kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> well, maybe there won't be anything to scream about because they will be so good that it'll be all happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> yeah. We'll go. With I that. think we'll I always go with that. We'll go with that, mom. We'll go with that. That's a, that's a, okay. Optimistic. I like that. There was, I was, I always find things to scream at even when the Bills win. So, um, <laughs> well, that's the referee, probably, right? It's a referee. Yes. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. It's not so much. Sometimes We're it's a play calling, but more or less. More often than not. Oh, oh, all the time. So you're into that conspiracy theory too, mom? I just wanted to make it's sure on the podcast. Theory. It's not a theory. It's true. It's true. So you think not how the team did with Marv Levy compared to the Pagulas? Any difference? You mean for not Marv? You mean like ownership Marv with Levy. Ralph Wilson? Um, you know who owns Ralph the Wilson. team? Yep, Ralph Wilson Jr. Between Ralph Wilson Jr. and Kerry and Tim Pagula. Yeah, uh, Terry and Kim Pagula, I should say. Um, hmm. I think that they're. I think that they're less involved than Ralph was. Um, Ralph wasn't really involved towards the end because he was much older. You know, he's in his 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, I think that at the beginning when they were doing well, they, 
Ralph put the right people in place and let them coach up. And then he kind of got into some personality disputes with the good GM at the time. And, 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 you know, then other GMs that were really good after. And then, you know, he just wanted yes, men. I think after a while, he was so desperate to return back to winning ways that he was just like Tom Donahoe. Yes, man. Okay. You know, and, and these guys just, just drove the franchise into the ground. And I don't think, um, Terry and Kim Pagula do that. Um, but it's early. So they might eventually do that. Like who knows if they drive off, you know, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott it would be dumb to, cause they're so good. But, um, that I, I see a little bit more meddling with Ralph in his like sixties and seventies. Um, and I don't see that yet with the Pagulas, but, um, I don't know, Melissa, what do you think? Do you see any differences with that? Um, with Ralph Wilson, uh, and the ownership we, we knew when we were growing up versus the Pagulas now? Um, not really. I mean, I, I really never paid attention to the owners as much. And I think, the Pagulas have done a good job not being front and center either. You know, in, in this era, they they kind of let their, you know, Bean and, and McDermott kind of speak for the team and, and guide the team. And I, I think any organization that um, does that approach will probably be more successful than um, the owners meddling in, in those situations like you were saying with Ralph Wilson Jr. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. they hired those yeah, guys, I- you know, to do that because – Hopefully they know what they're doing. I mean, Terry and Kim Pabula aren't football people. So let them go. Let them do their thing. Okay, just curious. No, that's a great question, Mom. You're try- I feel like you're vying for- in this one guest spot. You're vying for it to be a co-host on Circling the Wagons. <laughs> I think he- she needs to take over for Mike or, or John. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, don't think so. I would agree with that. I would, I would actually agree. With I think that. you can put that out on Twitter. Say, would you rather have Nate's mom or? <laughs> please. Would don't. you rather have my high school best friend? Please don't. <laughs> would you rather have my best friends from high school? One of the men, one of them being my best man in my wedding, recap every single Billers game, or would you rather have my mom? I think that's an easy answer, and I think I know what other everyone would be would say. Um, no, that's a, that was a really good question, Mom. Any more? Just keep them coming as I, I have a few more to read off. So if you have more, feel free. Um, Mike, 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 what day is it? I love this guy because it always reminds me of the Geico commercial every time I read it. Um, I have the most by chance story of becoming a Bills fan. Was two years old and they were playing some bad team. And I liked the helmet and said Buffalo. And my mom knew I was hooked. It was before the cards got to Phoenix in 87 and the bills were awesome when I was a kid. So it stuck. Mike must live in, in the Phoenix area. So um, that's a cool Mm. story. Josh Bilotti writes, my mom as diehard as anyone. God rest her soul. Absolutely. Mm. Bill's helmet bar on Twitter. Now this is, this is, I I know you guys probably are familiar with it, but on Twitter uh, and Instagram, they have this really cool, like Bill's helmet bar that they built and it looks like a literal Bill's helmet. Like it, like the bar that you stand and sit on is a face mask <laughs> and inside the helmet is where they put, you know, um, their Bill's memorabilia, their pennants and the TV that they watch outside when the weather gets nice or even when it's cold out. So that's pretty cool. Um, they wrote my parents, my dad actually wasn't even a fan when my mom took him 
to his first Bills game and hooked him. Their wedding vows included sitting in an orchard park in the snow together. When I was born, I was wrapped in a Bills blanket. The, ver- the Bills are very much, yeah, I know. Isn't that cute? The Bills are very much a family thing for us. That's very sweet. That was cool. I like very that. Sweet. Yeah, I like that. Mm. How disappointed would you be though if you if you put him in that in that baby blanket and for some reason you ended up being like a, a Patriots fan or a Cowboys <laughs> fan? <laughs> like, you know, geez, that's like oh, you can yeah. disown your kids. That's not a problem. Yeah. No, that's that's a thing. I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> you might do that after this podcast, Mom. We'll see. Um No, you've always been her favorite. <laughs> Can we get that, Mom? Can we get that on uh, on audio for you to say that? Because I always thought it was Melissa. I always thought Melissa was her favorite. So if I could just find out once and for all. No, you're right. There was a there was a philosoph- philosopher that you just quoted that said maybe it's better that we uh, don't find out these things, Nate. Um, Lance Schuyler writes. He so he said, "My mom, the day I was born was the first Bills game we watched together. 1999 preseason win versus the Redskins." Sort of ironic, considering I'm from Maryland. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I love these stories of hearing, of hearing how people became Bills fans, and specifically in this episode, we're talking about moms and and everything like that. I love these. Chef Bake fourteen writes, "My mom, she got me started at the age of four. Sundays are for the Bills. Her rule was, if you call on game day, it better be because someone died." <laughs> 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 I love this. I love this. I miss her, and Sundays aren't as fun with her gone. She would oh. have loved this squad. Oh. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. We talked about this during the season when we were doing recaps. Is It was so, such a significant season because of all the records the Bills were breaking, and it was so nostalgic because you looked at, like, when was the last time the Bills won the AFC East? It was, like, 1999. What were you doing in 1999? You know, you, you thought about when was the last time the Bills went 13-3? and three? When was the last time they won a playoff game? When was the last time they made it to the AFC Championship? All these milestones in, like, the late 90s and early 90s and mid-90s. And, like, it remembered, it made you think of, like, where you were as a person, where you were as a Bills fan. And then it also, I'm sure for a lot of people, realize how much they miss those people that made them Bills fans, those people in their lives, those those moms, those dads, those cousins, those brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, grandpas, grandmas. Like they just, it just made you think of those people and it kind of, you know, kind of made you share a moment for them in a little bit, right? Like how much that meant to you and to them. Uh-huh. This is the last one I'll read. This, this is a really cool one. And it was from Michael Capizzi. And he writes, my mom was a Jill from 1990 to 1994, and she was pregnant with me during the 1992 Super Bowl. So I fell in love. I fell in love hearing the cheers as a zygote. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, isn't that amazing? Yeah, oh. that's a what a great story. That is a great story. I'm so glad he shared that. I, I we always talk about like so like the Bills helmet bar guy talked about being you know swaddled in a Bills blanket as a baby as a newborn right so you're thinking like that start fandom doesn't start any earlier than that well apparently he hasn't met Michael Capizzi (laughs) Michael Capizzi was there since conception so (laughs) that's really cool thank you everyone for writing uh in on that and sharing those stories um so I guess I'll leave it with this first of all thank you mom and Melissa for coming on and doing this. I've wanted to do this for a long time 
since way before this Mother's Day. And um, since we've had this podcast, I've always tried to find a reason to do it. Or And, you know, it's funny, I mentioned it randomly on Twitter and one of our followers, Bill's Blitzkrieg, wrote in and he said, hey, you know, you should do this with your mom and, you know, it would be a really heartwarming episode. And uh, it's been a fun trip down memory lane, to say the least. So I'm, I'm glad that we can do this. So, so now I have to ask you the final question. As a Bills fan, since you guys follow, follow the, the team and we're going into the 2021 season, the Bills just went into the AFC Championship. They got beaten pretty well. Um, didn't think that they were they weren't one play away from the Super Bowl. That's for sure. And so that's obviously the next step is is the Super Bowl. Can we get there? Um, I guess. What are your thoughts, Mom? I'll start with you. You know, what are your thoughts on the Bills this season? Are you encouraged? Are you discouraged? Uh, what do you think? Oh, they just got to tweak a couple of things, and they're all set. Really. Just tweak a couple of things and they're there. Guaranteed. All right, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I love it. Melissa, what do you think um, about the Bills in the 2021 season? Not bad for a pessimistic woman, is she? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the most optimistic I've ever heard. It comes and goes. Yeah, this is the most optimistic I've ever heard her. We have to have you on weekly, Mom. Oh, no. <laughs> this isn't like half the time I'm like, I'm not even recording this, Mom. This is just so that we can hear all the amazing, happy, optimistic things you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I think they did well in the draft and hopefully those people will be playmakers sooner than later and it'll shore up some of their, their shortcomings that they had over the season. And like mom said, just tweaking a few things here and there. And um, we really do have to trust the process. And don't let Joss get hurt. That's the main thing. Oh my God. Yeah. My God. Scares me. Yeah. It scares me. Jeez. Like he's what, your what own does it child. Scare you? Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's young enough to be a child, isn't he, mine? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what scares you more, Mom, when he goes to run the ball, like with the ball, is he running, or when he's in the backfield and he's trying to make a pass and he's holding on to the ball and guys are flying all around him? What, what scares you more? No, not when he's running because he's a pretty good runner. And, you know, when, yeah, when he stands there and they're charging, it's like, oh, my God, just throw the ball, do something, get out of there, you know. He's a good runner. He can run. Oh, yeah. He is. What about you, Melissa? What do you think about the 2021 season? Oh, I think we're going to the Super Bowl this year for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, I have, you guys I have my really... Yeah, I have my shirt ready and everything. We're going. And I got to have you guys on more often. If you think this, I mean, anything besides Super Bowl is a disappointment, right? Now, what was scary is for me is when when they uh, when they get to the Super Bowl, like it was nerve wracking going into the playoffs this year. But for me, it was like, this is all gravy, right? Like I didn't expect them to make, they won one playoff game, which was the big hurdle. So you're like, okay, they did that. Oh, and they won a second playoff game. Wow. This is, this is amazing. Like you couldn't ask for anything better than this. And then they, you know, losing the AFC championship. You're like, all right, well that stinks. But you know, they exceeded expectations, right? Now we talk about getting to the Super Bowl as the next step. And I got to be honest, losing in the Super Bowl hurts uh, a million times more than losing in the AFC Championship. So you have to go on hoping that your team is going to win. But then, you know, the person that's lived half his life in the drought, basically, and I look at that and I'm like, oh, I want them to go to the Super Bowl, but man, I don't want them to lose the Super Bowl. Have you guys ever thought that far ahead? Because you guys say the Super Bowl is the next 
level? Have you even prepared yourself for the potential of going to the Super Bowl and not winning it? Of course. I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that. So you've already... <laughs> what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. We've done it three times before, so what's the fourth time? But there's always next year. Oh, we're used to it. Always next year. There's always next. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you again so much, Mom, Melissa, for coming on and talking and reminiscing with us and talking with the, the fan base about their stories of their moms becoming, um, helping them become Bills fans on this Mother's Day edition. Like I said, you know, it's funny. Most most people become Bills fans because of their fathers. I wasn't that way. I got a lot of things from dad, uh, but my Bills fandom wasn't one of them specifically. So thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. And thank you guys both for, for coming on. Go Bills. Oh, you're welcome, Nate. And I think John and Mike really need to watch their backs now. I, I think um, their spot is definitely tenuous. So if you can't tell or haven't been able to tell from that conversation, I am 100% a mama's boy. I love my mom so much. Uh, it's it's funny. Um, I get a lot of things from my dad, um, but um, you know my Bills fandom, my love for sports um, has always come from her. It's been kind of crazy. Normally, it's not that way. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily, but uh, my mom's also, besides you know, uh, an amazing mom, she's also one of my heroes. My mom... Um, when she was in her forties, uh, battled breast cancer and survived. Um, she, when I was, you know, very young child, she not only was taking care of three kids and working, but she went back to school to get her degree and, uh, to get a better career for herself. So, um, very, uh, I appreciate all of you letting me have her on to talk about, uh, some fun memories and some fun things. And, uh, and yeah, it, because she she means so much to me, and and I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope it was a little entertaining for you, and uh, we go from there. But remember, next week we are going to do our draft day movie discussion uh, for that movie draft day with Kevin Costner. So if you have not seen the movie, see it now in the next week, and I'll re-release that episode. It is a fun hour and a half long discussion about um, that movie, and we go into so much depth about discussing it and it's very relevant because the actual draft just happened so we can compare what happens in the actual draft versus what what hollywood thinks happens in the movie draft day and go from there so thank you guys all again for listening happy mother's day to all the moms out there go bills and we'll talk to you guys again next week Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>